Today on The Girl Defined Show, we're going to be chatting about why fame and beauty can't fully satisfy any woman, three sneaky but popular places most girls misplace their identity, and how a huge hair knot from my head ended up as a Christmas ornament one year. That and more right here on The Girl Defined Show. Welcome to the second episode of The Girl Defined Show. We're Bethany and Kristen, sisters, Texans, founders of Girl Defined Ministries. We're so glad to have you back. This has been... Such a blast. You guys have no idea. We have been wanting to do this for so long. And so being Years. here, just getting to chat and chat mm-hmm. and chat is so much fun. It's hilarious when you think, okay, 30 minutes of time, 45 minutes of time. How will I have enough to say? We're like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Hopefully we can squeeze it in. We are talk omatics But we are having so much fun spending this quality time with you, really getting to dig deep into these topics. Mm-hmm. Because this is a podcast for every girl, every woman who wants to find answers, hope, and freedom in her amazing design as a girl defined by God. And we are here mm-hmm. to help make that happen. And you know what else we like? We like God's design for womanhood. We also really like free stuff. We like giveaways. <laughs> Give a shout out if you like free stuff. We love free stuff. So here's what we're doing this week only. <laughs> Why like are you laughing? You, like how you emphasize how much we love free stuff. <laughs> Who doesn't like free stuff? I okay. Know. This week for the launch of the brand new Girl Defined Show podcast, we are giving away three humongous bundles of goodies from the Girl Defined shop. So here's what you're going to get and then we'll tell you how to win. You're going to get a copy of each of our books, a signed copy of Girl Defined, Love Defined, and then our latest book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. You're going to get our cozy long sleeve tee, which is so comfortable and has a great message on it. You're going to get our sisterhood necklace and a hair scarf. Okay, epic bundle. Yes. How do you win it? Here's how. Leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to podcasts and then we, over the course of this week, we're going to look at all of those reviews and we're going to randomly like pull from the virtual bucket <laughs> three different winners. We and- are giving it away. We're giving it away and we're going to send you this huge giveaway package in the mail. Okay. And on top of that, your review will also help get this new podcast into the ears of more girls. It'll create more exposure. So you'll be helping us along the way and take a snapshot, tag us on social media at Girl Defined. We want to connect with you and we want you to win that freebie. (laughs) If you stick around here, there might be more freebies because we just can't help ourselves. All right. So what are we talking about today besides free stuff? We aren't just talking about the free stuff. We're talking about three of the most popular places that we as girls, as women, misplace our identity. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are more, but these, I feel like for our lives, these have been the three most popular. And with the sisterhood, the girl-defined sisterhood that we've interacted with, these three areas have been huge. I want to share a story, though, with you. It's actually, it actually comes from our book. We shared the story in Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. So if you're like, I want to read more about this, I want to unpack this further, definitely go grab a copy at Girl De- of Girl Define. You can find it wherever books are sold. But I want to share this story with you about a lady who bought into our culture's, culture's false identity. Here it is. She starred in 30 major films, was awarded the Golden Globe for female world film favorite. She started her own production company, voted second greatest movie star of all time by Premiere Magazine, was chosen by Empire Magazine as one of the 100 sexiest stars in film history. Wow, what a title. <laughs> and ranked number six on the American Film Institute's 50 greatest screen legends. She was beautiful, talented, successful, and seemed to have absolutely everything a girl could dream of. Except for one thing, happiness. Norma Jean Baker was the third child born to Gladys Pearl Baker in a Los Angeles County hospital on June 1st, 1926. 
She didn't know who her real dad was and had no father figure in her life. Her mom was diagnosed as mentally unstable and was financially incapable to care for the young Norma Jean. So Gladys placed her with foster parents where she lived until she was seven. In 1933, Gladys bought a house and brought Norma Jean Baker back to live with her. Only a few months after moving in, her mother started having more mental breakdowns and was forced to be admitted into the state hospital. Norma Jean was scared, confused. Imagine such a young girl with so much instability. It really is just like a heartbreaking story. Norma Jean was moved back and forth from foster homes to orphanages and was reported to have been sexually abused on several occasions during her childhood. To escape the constant rotation of foster homes and orphanages, she married a man named Jim Dougherty at the young age of 16. She was only 16 years old when she first got married. She was intrigued by the Hollywood scene and decided to apply to the Blue Book Modeling Agency. She was told that they were looking for blonde models, so she quickly bleached her brunette hair to a golden blonde. She immediately became one of the Blue Book's most successful models, appearing on dozens of magazine covers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Her career took flight after this. She was quickly noticed by the film industry and began acting and singing. She became very successful and was well known by absolutely everyone. Mm-hmm. As time went on, her career, as well as her personal life, began having some major ups and downs. She was married and divorced three times and had many affairs in between. Her health began to decline, and she struggled with insomnia on a regular basis. Her life was a huge mess. The public loved what she gave them, but she knew they didn't truly love her as a person. Her makeup-covered face dyed blonde hair, and sparkling clothes only hid what she was feeling on the inside. Depressed, unloved, and alone. And this woman said this, I knew I belonged to the public and to the world, not because I was talented or even beautiful, but because I had never belonged to anything or anyone else. In Hollywood, a girl's virtue is much less important than her hairdo. You're judged by how you look, not by who you are. Hollywood's a place where they'll they'll pay you $1,000 for a kiss and 50 cents for your soul. Marilyn Monroe. Norma Jean Baker changed her name to Marilyn Monroe in 1947. Sadly, Marilyn Monroe suddenly died on August 5th, 1962, and many believe by suicide. She was only 36 years mm. old. This story of Marilyn, I think, is one that a lot of the younger generation, I know older generations, kind of mid-range generations, have heard this story and know more of her background. Her name was Norma Jean. She changed it to Marilyn Monroe when she started to gain fame. But I think the interesting thing and the really sobering thing about her story is that even today, you can walk into a store like Target or TJ Maxx or you get on Amazon and you'll see these Marilyn Monroe tote bags and pictures and posters that you can hang on your wall. And she, even to this day, is portrayed as a woman who had it all, right? She had the beauty. She had the fame. She had the guy. She had the success. She had the talent. She had the following. I mean, she really had everything that we're told as modern girls we should have. And if we can have all these things, we'll be perfectly happy. We'll be perfectly satisfied. I mean, it's I remember going to Hollywood, actually Hollywood, California, and she is literally her picture, her people dressed up like her. She really is an icon there. She really is. And so I think we just need to take a pause. And the reason we chose this story, the reason we wrote this story in our book is because she is still such a modern icon. She is a woman that is praised and upheld by everyone um, as a woman who had it all. And yet I think it's important for us to kind of pull back the curtain and say, um, look at her life. 
life. She really struggled with so much discontentment, unhappiness, um, and ultimately her life ended, and many believe, in suicide. And so for us just to pause and say, not that we're picking on Marilyn Monroe, but to say, if this Mm. woman had everything we're told should make a woman totally happy, content, and successful, why wasn't it enough for Marilyn? You know, why wasn't the beauty and the fame enough to fully satisfy her? I think it's so important for us to ask this question and go, what, what was she missing? You know, and I think if we dig a little bit deeper, Marilyn believed a lie that a lot of us, I know I believe this lie. You've believed this lie. We've talked to so many girls who say, yes, I I know I believe this lie. And I think it's this, that she believed the lie that she could find her identity and value within her beauty, her relationships, her fame, and her accomplishments. I mean, at the end of the day, she trusted in these things for her ultimate worth and looked to them for her identity. This was the thing. And when it didn't work and she wasn't satisfied and she was experiencing so much brokenness inside and going, why isn't this enough? I have everything. I think you get to a point where she's like, what am I even living for? Like, what is my life? And I know just like Marilyn, we as modern girls, we're constantly wrestling with similar things. None of us are probably ever going to be quite as famous or well-known as her. But really in our hearts, we wrestle with finding our identity in all of the wrong places too. You said all of the wrong places. What are some of those wrong places? Let's talk about three of them because we we don't really have time right now. The list, my list is long for myself. We could do one of those like 10 hour podcasts, you know, where we just go and go and go and go. But let's just hit on three of the most popular places to misplace your identity. And I am just going to be honest right here. I have misplaced my identity in every single Mm -hmm. one of these and still struggle with this. So if you're feeling like you're going to be in that boat with me, um, I'm right there with you, battling with you, trying to survive. The first place that I think most of us as women as girls have misplaced our identity is in our outward appearance. Oh, yes. The physical appearance. There, uh, I mean, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I know you shared a lot of your modeling journey in that one. So definitely go check out episode number one um, because you can catch more of Kristen's struggle in this. I'm promoting your own. Thank you. Let me promote your struggle. (laughs) (laughs) A small testimony of Kristen's issues. No. Um, (laughs) Outward outward appearance. Beauty has become like such a beast in our modern society. Like this, this. The version of the most beautiful woman that we must all strive after, mm-hmm. and and if you achieve that, then you will be happy. It's. I just, mean, wasn't there a magazine that came comes out every year? It's yes. like the world's most beautiful woman, <laughs> and it's one woman on the How? cover. Oh, I mean, we're sisters. We kind of look alike, but we're not even like no. the exact same, you know? Because it's this struggle. Like we're constantly fed this lie that we would just be happier, we would be prettier, we would we would arrive if we were just pretty enough. If you if you just looked a little bit more like that mm-hmm. woman, like that girl, then you would be truly happy. And so I know for me, like I've strived after trying to look a certain way or, you know, how, even it's like, how can I have that body type? Like, okay, I'm, I'm not that curvy or I'm not that straight. Like, how can I adjust to try to fit that style? It's so hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it really is such a beast trying to measure up to this ever-changing standard. Yeah. And like you said, I think the lie, I know I've bought into this, that physical beauty, the lie that it will bring me ultimate happiness mm. and satisfaction. And <laughs> I'm going to share a really, like, it's a really embarrassing story. It's the one we mentioned at the beginning of this episode where my hair ended up as a Christmas ornament. <laughs> And this was a season in my life where I was really struggling with this whole outward beauty thing. And, you know, I believe the lie that if I could just have 
blank, then I would be fully satisfied. And for me in that moment, because there was a lot of different things, but this particular one was with my hair. And this is okay. a true story. And the, yes. the ending is true. This is wondering. a true story. Um, you know, I would say in our family, the majority of us girls, we're not blessed. There's five sisters in our family. Most of us aren't blessed with like really thick, luscious hair, except one sister, I'd say. Except you, Rebecca, if you're listening to this, please give me some. We, we're very happy for Rebecca and her beautiful hair. <laughs> but that's not our story. I've got, you know, just pretty thin hair. It like grows extremely slow, like the slowest growing hair ever. And it's just, you know, it doesn't have a lot of volume. It's really flat. It's, and it's very beautiful. Thank you. You have the same hair. So you're complimenting I'm yourself. trying to compliment okay, myself. So this was years ago and I was really wrestling with this and I'd see those like Pantene Pro-V commercials, you know, where the, the model's like whooshing her hair back and forth and she has like enough hair for 10 women and it's the perfect color and it's gorgeous and shiny. And there is not <laughs> one hair out of place. Not it's one. Like, are you kidding me? No joke. So I'm seeing this and I'm thinking, man, my hair stinks. Like it is so thin and so short. And if I could just have that long Pantene Pro-V style hair, I think that I would be so much happier. I think I'd be so much prettier. I'd be so much more content if I could just get that hair, right? And so I'm like, well, my hair is obviously not going to grow any faster. It's not going to get any thicker. So what can I do? So I started researching online and came across this girl who, you know, she does extensions and, but she does these type of extensions where she actually takes the real hair that matches your color and weaves it into your hair underneath. And I know extensions are like, they're like so popular even now. This was probably 10 years ago or even more. So extensions weren't quite before the rage. Before you were married, right? Yeah, it was before I was married. Yeah, coming on. Yeah, so it had to be maybe like 12, 13 years. So extensions weren't like as popular, just like mainstream like they are now. So I was like, this is perfect. They're better than clip-ins. They're going to last for weeks on end. So I call this girl up, you know, she's like, yeah, come on over. She told me where to go buy the extensions. I'm like walking into this store, literally like a hair store. I've never, like I didn't, I was so out of place. <laughs> I did not, I'm like, how do I buy hair? So I'm trying to like match my hair to the right color. Find the hair. I head over to her place. She weaves them in. And I just remember standing up and looking in the mirror because she didn't let me look till she finished. And it took hours. It took forever. And I looked in the mirror and I was just like, like my mouth dropped open. <laughs> like I have arrived. Like finally, after all these years, I have the perfect hair that you I've have, like, always been dreaming you have, of. Like, five times as much hair. As Literally five times as so much. much. It's like five times the volume, five times the length, not really five times the length, but it was like my dream hair. It was like Pantene Pro hair. And so I just remember leaving thinking I have arrived and I felt pretty good. Like in that moment, I felt pretty good about myself. I felt pretty confident. I remember walking out feeling like, ooh, like guys are noticing me. Like I'm getting some glances. But as time went on, you know, these things never last, right? Like these feelings of you've arrived and this ultimate satisfaction. So as time went on, um, you know, it kind of lost its like glitz and glam. Like, okay, it's just my hair. And I remember several weeks into it, I was in the shower washing my hair, which was interesting because I've got like this weave underneath. So I'm like trying to wash my hair. And I just noticed that underneath the bottom back of my hair, I'm like trying to get the shampoo in. And I noticed there's this like big clumpy knot. <laughs> and I'm washing and I'm like, okay, it's probably just the weave. Like what is going on? But it seems kind of big. I don't know how I didn't notice it until this moment. And so I get out of the shower and I just kind of like start brushing my hair. And I realize that as my hair starts drying, the knot is like a huge, massive knot of hair, a mix of my real hair with the extension. Okay. How did you not notice this before? I have no clue. Like, Maybe you, in the shower, it got more knotted. Did you like, think you just had like a baseball at the back of your neck? I mean, like sleeping, like what's that huge knot? I mean, this, we're talking, this was huge. I have no idea. So I call our mom and our mom comes running upstairs and I'm like, mom, I have this huge knot. You know, of course, mom to the rescue. Yes. Always. And she's like, okay, well, let me research like Google, of course. And she Googles and people are saying like, put mayonnaise in your hair, wrap it in like uh, cellophane, okay, yeah. um, try like tons of oil, just get a really fine comb and try to brush it out one like hair at a time. So we do all these things. Not even joking. Bethany can attest this. Three hours later, I'm still sitting there and my mom, she leans down and looks at me and just says like, Chris, I have been working on this knot 
and it's not budging. Like no pun intended. <laughs> it's, you it is still it hours. just as big. And hours. so I just instantly in the moment burst into tears. My face is red. It's a big, ugly cry. And she just looks at me and says, there's no option but to cut it out. And that's like, I double burst into tears. And I'm just thinking, oh, like all I want is long hair and now I'm about to lose half of my hair. And so um, she literally has to cut the knot out. And I'm imagining oh that I'm going to have like three strands in the front and like bald in the back. And so I'm just like, this is going to be the worst. And so all my hair, I see it like hit the floor, a mixture of extensions and real hair. And in that moment, I just felt like such a conviction of yeah. how vain I had been just thinking like, if I could only have this hair, then I would be totally satisfied. I'd be perfectly happy. Um, not the story, not the case. Like that was a lie and it wasn't true and it didn't last. And the funny part, like God really did a lot of work on my heart. I feel like that was a good thing that happened to me. I needed that kind of eye opener. But the funniest part is that that knot was so big. Like it was a humongous knot. We're talking like a small baseball size and it had like a little hair loop on one end and it was right around Christmas time a while back. And so one of my siblings thought it would be hilarious to take my big hair knot and hang it on our family Christmas tree as an ornament. And they did. And I came down and saw it and just died laughing. And it's actually kind of stuck around. And every Christmas when that tree goes up, that hair knot goes on. And it's like a yearly reminder of my vanity and how I need to not look to my outward appearance for my worth and identity. Well, and it's a small icebreaker whenever we have people over like what's with the blonde hair? yeah no, it's really creepy it looks looking. like a little rat on the tree it's really creepy it's... looking but it is we need that around for Kristen to help her <laughs> with that reminder I need that reminder I'm I think all of us can relate whether we've had the hair knot story or not we can relate to buying into this lie that physical beauty will bring mm-hmm. us ultimate happiness and satisfaction and we all need this truth I know I need this truth I know every single one of our sisterhood listeners needs this truth the truth that God handcrafted you to look just the way you do for his glory. And I just want to emphasize that at the end. It's not just saying, oh yeah, look at me. You handcrafted me and I look amazing. I'm really happy with the way I look. No, it's not stopping there. It's saying, God, you handcrafted me to look just the way I do for your glory. That's the emphasis. That's the point. Not just about living for me, but living for you. I love what Psalm 139, 13 through 15 says. It says, for you, God, speaking of God, Mm -hmm. formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, God. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And this is the key I want you to take away because I am so tempted to read that passage and think about Mm -hmm. me. I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I am amazing. I am everything. You know, like just thinking about me. But the key is to focus on God. God created us for his glory. Our lives are meant to reflect him and point back to him. We can read that passage and think of it through kind of like a me-centered lens, or Mm -hmm. we can read it and focus on it through a God-centered lens. And that's where true change comes in. It's saying, God, wow, you, your works are so praiseworthy. You're amazing. You knitted me together for your glory. And I don't have to be enough physically for other people to approve of. You created me and your works are wonderful. And I'm going to live for your glory. And that's truly where the freedom is found. Yeah, it's such a mindset shift. And I think it's so important to point out that beauty isn't the problem, right? Like, you know, even pursuing beauty, brushing your hair, putting on makeup, like that's not the issue. The the issue is the heart. Yeah. When beauty becomes the idol, the God that we chase after, and we're looking to beauty for our identity, our worth, our value, and it's about us glorifying us, that's when beauty, become, beauty becomes a problem. Okay, so that's the first place that we as, as females look to the wrong place to misplace our yeah. identity. Like that is a huge one. 
where we misplace our identity. It's, I think it's one of the top ones. Really. I think it's got to be one of the top ones, yeah. especially as you get older. I feel like maybe when you're young, you're like, I don't know. And then, or at least for you, right? <laughs> you're like, I, I mean, don't care well, about my the, looks. The age of social media and like digital, oh, it's so I feel hard. like it starts younger and younger That's because true. there's just images in front of you, right. airbrush models, you know, like so much younger. Yeah. So, and you end up <sighs> even hating yourself, your, your unfiltered self, yeah. right? Like that pressure of you've got to have the perfect filter, all the yes. enhancements where comparing you're like- yourself to yourself. Yeah, comparing yourself to your filtered self. Ah. And not and just saying, yeah, it, that's weird. That like, is that is weird. That's hard, that's weird. right? But that's that's such a temptation. So beauty is a huge one. Another huge area where we all are tempted to misplace our identity is in our relationship status. In the good old relationship status. Thank you, social media, for making it like a public statement. Your relationship status. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I know. Well, and a lot of you probably aren't even on Facebook. That's for the old folks like I know, us. Right? But you know, it's like you you can mark like I'm single. I'm dating. It's complicated. Like right. what? Why do we need to tell everyone this? What are you talking about? But this status is something I know we wrestled with would before we were married. Just having that status to say yes, I am loved by some guy. I am wanted. He's my boyfriend. And there was a survey done a while back where seventy percent, a survey of young women, uh, Christian young women, 70% of these girls that were surveyed said that they would feel better about themselves if they had a boyfriend or attention from a boy. And if you're listening right now and you're relating to that, you are in that 70%. And in yeah. fact, I think that percentage would be a lot higher if everybody had been honest. <laughs> if everyone were honest. I know I definitely fell into that 70% for sure. Because I think everywhere we go, I mean, think of music. It's like, it's almost impossible to find a song that's not about like dating, love, where's my man? I finally found the one, you know? And so we're being told from everything around us, even just walking to the grocery store and the music playing or the magazine, that having a boyfriend finding love mm -hmm. is a must. Even during the teen years, it's like every girl on social media, you know, is pressured to have that special someone or they're they're posting all about yeah. it. Like, I'm so happily in love. I finally found my person. You know, it seems like all the popular girls, the girls that are seem, you know, pretty enough or popular enough, they seem to have a boyfriend. TV and romance, yeah. um, they portray this relationship as the answer to all of your struggles. And I wonder if you've ever thought any of these things, because I know I have. Yeah. I've wrestled in this and I've I've kind of thought this before, like, especially back in the day when I was single, I think I'd be more valuable if I had a boyfriend. Have you ever thought that? I mean, that is a huge lie that we believe that we would be more valuable if we'd have a boyfriend. What about this? I can find lasting happiness in guys and romance. Or what about this? Having a boyfriend will fix my aching heart. Mm. Those lonely nights of only I had a boyfriend to talk to or hang out with. That, that Friday night date. I know I've been Everything, there. you know? Mm -hmm. Or being in a relationship will make all my insecurities go away. Or if guys don't like me, something must be wrong with mm. me. Or if I don't get attention from guys, I won't be happy. And all of that, I have I can attest to, I've struggled with a hundred percent. And at the core of that, we really are, we're believing a lie. Every single one of those is, you know, what we like to say, like it's the fruit, the outward expression of an inward lie that we're believing. And the lie is that having a boyfriend will bring me total satisfaction. Mm. If I could just have that boyfriend, I would be totally satisfied. And I know you, you we're going to yeah. have a whole episode on your journey of like singleness, learning yeah. to thrive. I know a lot of girls have been asking for that. But just in a nutshell, I know you really wrestled with that, believing oh, some sure. of those lies in your season of singleness that was longer than maybe you thought it would be. Yeah. And I, I just want to emphasize again, I know we say this all the time, but 
you know, desiring romance, yeah. desiring to have that relationship, a boyfriend or marriage, like that desire is God given and it's beautiful in and of itself. And um, it, it's just when it becomes the ultimate, like I must right. have this. In like order to like be with happy. the beauty, same yeah, thing exactly. when that becomes the central it's focus. Just like the focus. So for me, I, you know, I thought, of course, like I'll turn 19, 20, 21. Prince Charming will come along. He'll sweep me <laughs> off my feet and we will live happily ever after. I mean, come on. I grew up on the Disney movies just like most of you. Like I saw yes. Little Mermaid getting that, that prince. I mean, she got legs and she got out of the ocean. I mean, all her dreams came true. You know, she get, it's like you see these and your little mind, even as a little girl, is taking these big notes of like, oh, that's that's what I want. That's the life I want. And so 21 came, 22 came, and my Prince Charming wasn't there. And I was single. And at this point, Kristen had gotten married. And I was thinking, okay, we're sisters. We're going to do this together. Like, her Prince Charming mm-hmm. came. Where's my Prince Charming? And this was a battle for me because I wrestled with this idea that if I didn't have a boyfriend or I wasn't married, that I wasn't enough and my life was on hold and I wasn't, you know, worth anything Mm -hmm. because there wasn't a guy that I could marry. And this was a battle. And I remember talking to so many other girls my age and even younger, a little bit older, who were in the same season of me. And we all wrestled together. This was hard. I get it. Like, I get when you're in that place of singleness and you so desperately just want to be married or want to have that special someone and they are nowhere and everyone's posting and celebrating Valentine's Day and you are like, this is just horrible, you know, and you just, oh, it's so difficult. And for me, this was a journey. It took years of God helping me and kind of challenging me to surrender what I thought my life was all about. Was my life about achieving some relationship status and then that's where my worth would be found? Or was it about living surrendered to him, living fully for his glory, thriving in the season that he had given me with a man or not, and just trusting that if he wanted me to get married, that he would bring a man in his Mm -hmm. perfect timing. And that was a years-long journey in the making. And I actually share more about that in our book, Love Defined where I actually wrote Love to Find with Kristen while I was totally single. And I have two chapters dedicated to my single sisters and kind of sharing some of the strategies and biblical truths that helped me to thrive because I did come to a place of thriving. um, But it was was a journey. And eventually, and I'll share more about this later, but I eventually met my amazing husband, Dave, and we got married when I was the ripe 30 years old. (laughs) And I'm so, so happy and in love with him, but I've had to learn that, wow, I I have to continue this. I cannot now just transfer and find my identity in him because he is not my ultimate satisfaction. So it's it, it still follows you even it when you're married. It still follows you. Yeah. And, you know, we're both married now and we can both 100% say we love our husbands to death. They are amazing godly men. But even in I love you, baby. Their, <laughs> I love you, Dave. <laughs> in all of their amazingness, they aren't enough to satisfy us. Like they aren't the answer to our hearts, longings, to our identity, to our worth and value. It doesn't even come <sighs> so in true. marriage. Right. So and true. so even in marriage, it can become an idol and you can look to your husband to be your Christ. Well, okay. You know what? I just have to say this because if marriage were the answer, then every yes. single married woman would be perfectly happy. There would be no divorce. There right. would be no... But I feel like there's such an illusion because yeah. so many women get married and then they're like, wait, I'm, I feel like I'm waking up right. next to a monster. Like, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. You know? like, then you get... 
envious of mm-hmm. other marriages. So it's like, it's a heart issue. Yeah, you know? it's a heart issue. Whether you're single, whether you're married, it is a heart issue. And this is the truth that set both of us free is that God is the only one who can truly satisfy us. That's true if you're single. That's true if you have a boyfriend, if you're engaged, if you are married, um, if you are divorced on the other side going, what went wrong? If you are a lot older and single, if you're a widow, I mean, widower, there's so much, so many different um, seasons of life that we may walk through. But at the end of the day, God is truly the only one that can satisfy us. And there's a verse that is often taken really out of context, but it is a verse that speaks directly to the heart of this. It's Psalm 37, four, and it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now you heard that verse just now and you might be thinking, oh yeah, if I delight in the Lord, he's going to give me that boyfriend. He's going to give me that really hot husband riding in on that horse. Like I start delighting the Lord right now. <laughs> Lord, I love you. Bring my man. <laughs> right? And so that is, this verse is often taken out of context in that, well, if I do this for God, he'll give me what I want. Like he's a vending machine. Right. And that's not how God works. This is actually so much deeper and so much richer and, and will bring so much hope and freedom if we grasp the meaning, the deeper meaning of this. So this verse is saying, take delight in the Lord truly in your whole heart. Delight in the Lord. Make him the number one in your heart, the number one God that you're worshiping, that you're serving, that you're living to please, that you're finding your satisfaction in. All of that, take delight in the Lord. And then what? He will give you your heart's desires. And what is our heart desire? You know, we may think, oh, well, when, you know, getting married, having a guy that truly loves me. Um, you know, maybe my dad wasn't present or I had a lot of issues with my dad. If I could just have a guy who would truly love me, then, you know, that's the deepest desire of my heart. But God in God's word, we see that there's a deeper need. There is a deeper need that goes beyond what any guy can give us. And the, at the root of that deeper need is that we we do desire to be loved and valued, but the only one who can truly love and value us fully is the one who created us. And that's our savior. And so that desire to be loved and valued can only be met by our creator, by the God who died for us, Jesus Christ, by the God who made us, who calls us his own. You know, if we've accepted Christ as our savior, we are daughters of God. And that deep desire to be loved can be found in Christ right now. So as we fully delight in the Lord, the psalm is saying, as you delight in me, I will give you that heart's desire to be truly loved because I, as your creator, will give that to you and you will be satisfied in me. You won't have these these striving and longings to find that in a man, even though relationships are beautiful, but you'll be fully satisfied in your relationship with me and what freedom that brings Mm -hmm. to us as girls. So we've talked about outward appearance. We've talked about relationship status. Mm -hmm. There's one more that I think is really high up on the list for misplaced identity, things we look to to find our identity within. And I think that comes down to personal talents. Oh, yeah. And now this can kind of be very broad because personal talents can cover a wide spectrum of areas. Like I shared in episode one, sports was a big area for me where I tried to find Mm -hmm. my identity, my worth, my value in basketball. Um, So maybe you're a sports girl like me. Maybe it's volleyball or I don't know. Maybe you're somewhere a horseshoes champion. <laughs> hey, don't mock the horseshoes. Hey, no, I actually really like horseshoes. We have a horseshoe pit in my parents' backyard. And so if fun. you're ever in town, I challenge you to a horseshoe competition. <laughs> um, but maybe it's not a, you know, a sport for you. Maybe you're tempted to find your identity in a different personal talent. Maybe it's in mastering a musical instrument. I mean, you, Kristen, can relate to that. You are Miss, uh, oh. you may play the keys at church, right? I wouldn't say I've mastered it, though. <laughs> she is the keys player. <laughs> Maybe it's, I serve where needed. <laughs> Maybe it's getting honors in school or becoming an amazing photographer. Uh, maybe it's singing. Oh, yes. I, I, okay. Okay. No, do not. <laughs> 
I will just admit I am a horrible singer, but Kristen has a captive audience with my son, Davey Jr. He loves her singing, so she is Broadway when she's with him. Okay, I, I'm Broadway, but I am like the terrible singer, but Davey loves it. He loves my entertainment. Maybe, though, you try to find your worth within your identity in cooking or becoming a chef or maybe as a blogger or an influencer. Mm. Okay, can we just harp on that one for a minute? I know. Pause. Okay, like that is such a huge thing yes. now that we didn't have as teens because no. there wasn't social media, but to measure up even to friends that you know like how many followers do they have how many likes how many comments do they get on their pictures like how often do their stories get watched and then you see these bigger influencers and you there's that feeling of like okay I am such a loser like I have nothing I don't even get collaboration deals like my profile stinks my photos are ugly and it's that temptation to want to measure up and find our worth in our social media following and I think that's honestly one of the biggest ones right now because there's like this promise that oh anyone can be an influencer and if you'll just you know get this many likes and this many followers then you'll have arrived and it's there's always someone bigger there's always someone you know more popular so it's a never ending it's like a little hamster on a wheel you know like Mm -hmm. it just it just never ends uh i shared in episode one about my battle with struggling to find my identity within my talents in basketball and i remember wrestling with this so much and i remember uh at the end of my senior year i got an injury i never had an injury in sports before Mm -hmm. i got an injury that put me out a few games and i remember it was my last home game and i was like coach i like i have to play this is my last home game of my entire basketball career i was obsessed with basketball so he's like you know the doctor says we shouldn't put you in i'll just put you in a few minutes and so i went in and i did absolutely horrible like I was, you know, injuries. If you're a sports player and you have had an injury, you know how awful it is. And so I remember thinking like this was supposed to be my moment. I was supposed to at least go in and like make some great moves and come out like, thank you, everyone. I know I'm one of the best, you know, but instead I came out in tears. I was crying. Um, Some of my family even came over on the bench and they were like, "Uh, we're so sorry. But it was just kind of a moment for me of coming to grips with the fact that I had looked to my identity as Bethany, the basketball star, to Mm -hmm. kind of be my everything. And this was, in a moment, ripped away from me. And I had to kind of come to grips with the fact that, no, like, this isn't where my identity is found. As a Christian girl, a Christian woman, my identity has to be found in Christ, not in whether I can go in and, you know, score, score a couple points. Yeah. And here's the biggest problem with that is that when we look to our talents, even our social media, our online following, when we look to those things to be um, where we're going to find our identity, we are automatically setting ourselves up for disappointment, that's right? True. Because like we can never be the best always. Not always. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, we like can not never, always. We can never be the best forever. So yeah. even if you have a season where you are like, okay, world famous at something, like you, you know, look at the basketball players. Like for, uh, To continue on yeah. the basketball example, look at these NBA players or amazing people who've won Olympic gold medals and what happened? They age, they get older, they're no longer able to do those the slam young, dunks. The young whippersnappers come up and then they're like breaking And they're records. breaking all the records and like, oh, better than ever. And so that is the danger when we look to our talents, when we look to our even talents on social media, our following and we're saying, this is going to validate me. This is my identity. It can't last. It might last for a little while, but in the end of the day, it is going to fail us because our talents cannot, they're not enough to bring us that ultimate satisfaction. We cannot forever be the best. And so for each of us, we continue to wrestle with this. I mean, we'll just be really honest. Like even for me, um, I tend to be more fear-based. Like you tend to be more risk taker. Like let's just do it and leave the results to God. Like it'll be great. And I'm a little bit more um, like, I don't like to take risks. Like up in your head, kind of like it's more in my head, overthinking what's going to happen. Yeah. Criticizing, like just thinking overly critical about certain things, um, evaluating it too much. I like to have every duck in every row every time. True. (laughs) And so 
even launching this podcast is like a stretch for me. And it's it's a faith, like I have to step out in faith and go, okay, God, this is like, you've given us, um, you know, what we think, like maybe some talent to share and communicate your truth, Lord, but you know, we're not the best out there and we don't know how this podcast is going to do, but would you use it for your glory? And yeah. I, I wrestle with that, like, cause I, in some ways struggle to find my identity in even like the success of this podcast. And so just being totally honest there. So it's still an ongoing struggle, but Absolutely. in God's word, we see that God gives us gifts and talents. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you're talented at something, if you do have a big social media following, that's not in and of itself a bad thing. That's not the problem. Just like beauty, just like our relationship status, but it's okay. Where's my heart in this? Yeah. Am I doing this just for myself, just to get praise and likes from other people, just to be validated based on how good I perform or can I use this talent, this gift, this following for God's glory yeah. to point others to him? And in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, we see that so clearly that call to use our gifts for God's glory. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's good stewards of God's varied grace in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Okay, mic drop right there. Like God has given us gifts. It says he's given us gifts, but what do we do with them? What do we do with our gifts maybe online, in person, however God has gifted us, which I think every person has some sort of gift. What do we do with that? It says in those gifts, use it to serve one yeah. another, serve your family, serve your community, serve your friends. Um, you know, if you're playing sports, play hard all out, but for God's glory to minister to your teammates, to be that leader on your team. And in everything, as we do that, God will be glorified and our identity will no longer be found in our performance. And I just think that's so freeing when we embrace it properly. Oh, for sure. And when I walk in that, I know I'm so much more free. And when I revert back to like basing my worth off of whatever performance, whatever yeah. I'm trying to measure up to, it's so enslaving. And I want you to really allow this truth to sink in. Your true identity is found in who Christ created you to be. You are a redeemed daughter of God created to live and serve and glorify God. That is the truest thing about you if you've accepted Christ as your Savior. You are His redeemed daughter, and you are here as an ambassador of Christ living for His glory. And that has to be the foundation of everything that you do. That has to be the foundation of everything that I do. And until we get that right— you know, we can kind of, like you said, the fruit, you know, it's, mm -hmm. we might be able to rearrange some fruit on our trees, but until we dig down to the root and fix the root, it might, yeah. we might fix something for a moment and we might feel like, oh, but I got this relationship and I'm pretty happy. But if that's still what we're looking to our worth and identity for, ultimately there will come a point where it won't be mm -hmm. enough. So I think we have to remember that we are created by Christ for his glory. And we actually created a 30-day devotional to help you with this process. It's called Reaching Beyond Myself, and it's free. Um, it's something that we want to give to you to help you kind of deepen your relationship with God and really kind of take your eyes off of yourself and remember that you were created for his glory. If you're sitting there thinking or running or driving, whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I do want to live for Christ. I do want to find my complete identity in Him. Um, I want to encourage you to go to girldefined.com slash devotional, girldefined.com slash devotional, and you can download this free 30-day devotional that will really help you mm -hmm. over the next 30 days kind of have a reset, a recharge, and kind of help you to focus on Christ. Yeah, and we just want to end by challenging you to choose to be a girl defined by God. That may sound like, okay, cheesy Christian lingo, but really at the end of the day, we each have to make that choice. We have had to make that choice, daily have to make that choice to say, God, you define me. My identity comes from you. My life is not about me, but about serving.
serving you, glorifying you, pouring out my life for you. And we have to choose to believe that truth. We have to choose to act upon that truth. And then we have to pray and say, help me, God. I cannot do this on my own. I need you. But this doesn't happen automatically. You know, you do not automatically default to becoming a girl who's defined by God. That is why we have an entire ministry built around helping all of us as girls pursue this because it's not our default. Naturally, we are going to follow our flesh. We're going to follow our hearts. We're going to follow what the culture tells us, what social media tells us. We're not going to follow God's word. And so we have to be intentional to dig in. So I do hope you'll grab that devotional. And I hope you'll walk away just remembering this truth that you will only find your identity in Christ when you stop looking to the culture or to yourself for answers, but instead allow God's word to define your worth. And over the coming weeks and months, we're going to dig more into what that means. Like we said in the last podcast episode, we're going to talk all about so many different aspects of what it actually means to be a girl defined by God. But we're the ones who have to make that choice each for ourselves. And just some practical ways, if you're like, yeah, I want to get that devotional, but how can I continue growing and learning? You know, we've got to be girls and women who are reading the Bible for ourselves. Like yes. if that's not a habit, we just want to encourage you right now. You can start fresh today. You can start fresh tomorrow. Open up God's word. Start reading it for yourself. You need to be in God's word. It is your source of truth. It is our our light. It lights our path. It guides our way. We have to be in God's word. And then praying every day. We cannot do this on our own. We need to pray and say, God, give me the strength. Amen. Like help me to embrace these truths and to believe these truths and to live out these truths that I'm seeing in your word. And then just filling our minds and hearts with resources that are going to help us grow in that. Listening to this podcast is a great way to do it. We hope you'll grab Virtual High Five Girlfriend. If you want to take a much deeper dive, grab our book Girl Defined. Just two other books that have actually really impacted our lives personally. Um, A wonderful Bible study by Nancy damas Wolgamuth and Mary Cassian called True Woman 101. We'll link all of these below, but that Bible study, True Woman 101, will help you dig into your identity as a really a girl defined by God. And then another book that will help you understand um, just more about woman according to God's word is called Radical Womanhood by Carolyn McCauley. So those are just some couple resources. We'll link them below that we highly recommend you grab. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. But I want to remind you that we want to give you some free stuff. Free stuff. Okay. If you appreciate this episode, would you please take 60 seconds to leave us a five-star review over on wherever you're listening to this podcast? Yeah. And we are going to have a giveaway. We're going to pull all of the names of anyone who left a five-star review, and we are going to put you in a virtual draw some sort and then we are going to pick three names to give a super big epic girl defined giveaway to we're giving away shirts we're giving away all of our books signed copies we're giving away a hair scar necklace scarf, necklace who it's knows it's even more so it's the giveaway it's going to arrive on your doorstep early christmas present i don't know Ooh, I like <laughs> birthday that. present maybe um so go ahead and leave a five star review for us this helps our, our podcast to get mm-hmm. more exposure for other girls to find it and then take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and post it to your social media account and tag at Girl Define. We want to see you. We want to get to know the sisterhood. We want to get to know you in a more personal way. We love your old girlfriend and we will see you in episode three.